Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and Castellan robots to that 6++ show. I am your host, Tom. Um, I've been having a really fun time behind the scenes getting shouted at because I'm not very good at technology and I accidentally recorded a 22-second video that nobody loves uh, that we had to remove from the feed. But now we're going to be back to being a slick professional operation. We're here to talk about, about shooting uh, one way you can play 40k with lots of guns and how to gain an advantage and we've got a really nice squad of people for it and we'll do some questions at the end it should all be a really really nice time um, let us know in the comments what you're up to hopefully uh, we've got a few of you here and if you have any other questions for us you can sh- shoot them in the chat we'll get to them later on as well um, so we'll talk to our various other guests hosts, friends, players of the 6++ team, starting where I'm supposed to start, with my dear leader, Chris, who's got his brush in hand. Chris, how are you? I am very well, <laughs> thank you. How are you, Thomas? I'm, it's just, I can't wait for term to end. Everything's, yeah. everything's just right. manic manic and crazy. But when did you break up? Uh, <laughs> next week. Oh, you <laughs> I know, so that's really good. Um, and then everything will be better. But everything's just a bit manic until then. I'm nearly there now. Nice. And uh, what are you painting, Chris? I'm painting Big Chad himself. Oh, look at that. What an amazing, amazing model. How are you I had experiences with him this weekend. <laughs> I look forward to hearing about those experiences. Um, yeah. yeah, so for those of you who are following the, have been following for a while, you know I have recently become a World Eaters main um, I've decided to build and paint an entire army in four weeks and Good. play them as my main army, even though I've never actually played a game. Will yeah. I like it? Who knows? We'll see. We um, hope so. We hope so. We hope so. Um, some of you are probably there going, four weeks, that's easy. And some of you are there going, four weeks, that's horrendous. Why would you do that to yourself? Like, we're all different hobbyists, aren't we? Yeah. For me, I'm kind of in the middle ground. Um I'm kind of keen to make sure this army looks nice. Um, in the first two weeks... I built the 2,000 points and painted like three Exalted 8-bound and a Master of Executions. Um, so now I've got two weeks to paint everything else. Um, my time is quite limited, to be fair. I don't get a huge amount of time in the evenings. And that. I mean, I don't really ever play Warhammer barring tournaments at the moment either. I'm unfortunately at Leicester as well this weekend, so I don't get a weekend to try and buff it out. Oh, no. I like to get the whole army kind of like tabletop ready, so just get the base coats, get that down for our festive RTT, because I wouldn't want to take just like a bunch of half-painted stuff to the RTT. I do want to make sure it's at least fully done. Um, so I'll take, hopefully I can get that done and then I can play my first ever three games of World Eaters live. Quite an team. exciting place to try them out, won't yeah, it? Yeah, it'd be good fun. Um, so that's what I'd like to do. Um, basically, my main concern is the trim. Oh boy, there's there's quite a lot of trim. Um, these uh, these corn berserkers, they might like killing, but they also like trim. So Chaos got quite, quite a lot of that to do. Yesterday, as I was slogging my way through like 15 eight bound and all their red skin i was like this is boring and then i looked at like the pot of bronze staring at me i was like oh no this could be this could be a bad time mm. um so yeah i'm going to keep putting that off for as long as possible and uh we'll see so yeah if i can get the base coats done and based 
the army based in two weeks, then I'll be a happy chappy. Yeah, be cool. And then hopefully have a bit more time over Christmas. Yeah, then I can do the actual fun stuff. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, World Eaters are awesome. I think that you'll have lots of fun with that. It's going to be really exciting. Maybe you'll win the festive RTT with them. Yeah, well, if I do, you'll suck. So. It's possible. It's definitely possible. Um, well, Ed won the last RTT, right? So anyone can win. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, exactly. I would <laughs> fucking bone to pick here. Didn't get any ITC points for it. Fucking yeah. sound. Yeah. Love that. Oh, call out. Talk to the TO about it. I did. Who was the TO? He's a knob. He oh. didn't give a shit. He did not care whatsoever. <laughs> he didn't like you the first time he met you, I believe. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, yeah no. You, tell that to you should try and be more likable, Ed. <laughs> Oh, crush well, me! Genuinely dear. crush me! I wake up in cold sweats remembering that. To moment. be fair, that might be why I needed some time out of the hobby because of how you treated him at that event. <laughs> I didn't play for ten weeks in person after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just there saying, you, go. you got to think carefully. I mean, in case you haven't noticed, Ed and Davy are both here, aren't they? <laughs> characters, aren't they? Personalities, bringing bringing the noise. Let's start with Ed. Ed, how are you doing, mate? You're right. Pretty good. I yeah. uh, went undefeated at an event this weekend. Oh, very. Admittedly, good. it was my local Friday night magic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but i was i was well pleased about that i've been playing for four months and um you know killing it, so that was at, nice magic. There you go. I, had a, I had a bit of a moment i was like do i just like full-time switch to magic and i was like no <gasps> well no you're gonna be pleased at this answer because i thought it through and god this isn't for me one I really enjoy playing Magic. I don't want to ruin that by going competitive with it because you know that's what happens when you go competitive. You spend it's forty true. to sixty hours thinking about it. And no, you hate it. no, it's way that. more expensive, and the level of play is way fucking higher in Magic. Okay. You know, like you know who plays Warhammer? Bunch of clowns. <laughs> like watch <laughs> watch some of the professional level Magic stuff. Those those guys are killers. There yeah. are not very many killers in Warhammer, even at an international level. There is a handful of them who are absolute beasts, but. Mm. Uh, yeah, I can probably dominate the world, you know, with a, a big hat or something in Warhammer if I put enough effort in. I can't mm. do that in Magic, okay. especially with like 30 years of back background for some people. But Yeah, uh, that's fair. So that means yeah. we're stuck with you for the time being, then you're sticking around. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was also at a GT. I went to the oh, GT nice. with a plan to win it. Didn't. Um, okay. I took my Chaos Knights, which I think mean, they're in a pretty solid spot. But I got reminded that they're not an amazing army in singles. They're still good. I like them. But round one, I played into Ironstorm Marines. I think the only way you win that with Chaos Knights is deploying the line, go first. Yeah. I went second. Uh, I didn't deploy in the line. I wanted to try and play KG, do some Mm. shenanigans, see if I could outplay him. Just still got bodied. Got Mm. like 97 to 77 or something like that. So it was Mm. fine. Mm. Um had a good time very briefly talk about my day two my day two mm-hmm. was fantastic mm-hmm. um played a chaos knights mirror into mark who runs the event okay. uh, he's only played chaos knights at tournaments starting at this one so it was a bit of a collaborative game mark's a mate i've known him for a while yeah um we had a great time he went second though and there was lots of bottom of turn scoring yeah turns out you really need the bottom of turn scoring um but we had so many great moments where, for example, one of my models survived on one wound, another one survived on two wounds, the third model that he goes to in the combat phase dies, explodes. One of the two <laughs> wound models is 6.3 inches away. We got a judge to check. I was like, I'm not touching this. Can you just please? <laughs> not only did that, you know, my model die, 
it blew up and killed his one and two wound models remaining that were on an objective taking him off the objective meaning i scored more primary it was it was such a clown car game with just fun moments on both sides how many chaos uh, knights were on the board um at the well so i started two in reserve and he started all of his on the board which was interesting um i think it was probably the right choice to be honest so at one point the highest models we had was probably 22 which is awesome. not yeah it was good yeah, um we we also had a chat before the game because at this point i'd lost the game so i was like yeah. yeah whatever we'll you know we'll have some fun with it and we couldn't decide whether it was better to go banners uh teleport homers sorry and bring it down because obviously bring it down's free teleport yeah. homers is really good or to go tactical and try and get the cp turn that into a model advantage and win in the late game so i went with the tactical i think that's wrong i think you just go bring it down but yeah. it was good to get the uh the play with it and uh then game five i had another game that was just ludicrous um playing into world eaters on a, the corner deployment where you're 18 inches away so we got multiple charges off into be turn one. Oh, wow. i planned for it you know you you're like wow. i'm gonna get charged let him charge the things i want to and then mop up key he failed a six inch charge with angron and he Ooh. didn't have a cp because he had to use that to get the flat advance with him yeah so uh that was that was huge that's then in my turn i put like six models into him in the shooting phase he survives on two wounds i charge a carnivore into him i get five hits out of six attacks i get one wound out of five hits Ooh. he passes his four up he immediately kills the carnivore carnivore doesn't explode i'm like it's fine i've got two backup options here um goes to his turn he fails the battle shock i'm like cool i'm gonna terror shades you you've got two wounds remaining oh. i'm gonna roll 66 each four up will not only heal me but it'll wound you i roll one four up nice. and is alive on one wound. Oh, God. Um, and then he moves puts it between two of my brigands i'm like cool i'm gonna overwatch you and I do finish him off with the Overwatch, but oh. at that point I'm two CP down, which is not where I wanted to be. No. But uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, killed him, yeah. won that game. It was tight, but got it at the end. Mm-hmm. Came sixth, I think it was. It was oh, fine. Good. Very it was good. a good weekend. If Bangron makes that charge, are you fucked, or is it still playable around uh, I think it's fine. I think okay. because a lot of stuff went against me in the early turn instead of like outside of average rolls i think if we're talking he makes the ro- the charge but we get ang- average rolls i think it's okay mm-hmm. but there was a lot of really swingy stuff like yeah. in melee he couldn't kill any of my shooting dogs he killed all my carnivores like absolutely mulched them but as soon as he touched a brigand he just whiffed all his rolls but then i couldn't kill any of his characters so it was a yeah. it was an interesting back and forth good game though really yeah. really fun game Awesome. And Chaos Knights, is that something you're going you're gonna to be carrying on with for the time being, do you think? I don't know. Like, it feels super bad in singles when you get that one army that can just shoot you across the table, which yeah. is going to be played by a lot of people because it's yes. Marines. So it will be popular, I'd, I think. Yeah. yeah, I need to work out what I want because I want to, I think, really hit, hit it hard next ITC season. Mm. So I need to work out what I want to do. Problem is there's going to be a data slate change, but mm. I need to ideally... Do you like rates? I do like Necrons, and um, 
John and I are going to be chatting to, uh, I think, Mark Crum- Crumblehome. Oh, wonderful. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. A, great, a great guest to get on for that. Oh, yeah. He's, he's so, so lovely. Funny. And he knows so much about Necrons. Um, yeah. About Nec- I'm, I'm super jazzed about what I've seen from yeah. Necron so far. Yeah, and I've honestly, only sort of I, I think it's the, the coolest, best rounded book of the ones that have come out so far. It's not a There's ways to kill stuff now. We've only got a few books, yeah. but it, it looks very exciting. They um, can play a I'm going to kill your shit list now, yeah, they as opposed can. to I'm not going to die. And then no, I'm going to no, die anyway. They really, so. they really got to glow up, and obviously a couple of things got nerfed, but there's a lot of cool stuff. So I think we'll see a lot of Necrons. That might be a fun one to enjoy. I think it's got. I think the nice thing with that book is it looks like you can do several different things depending on what, where the game sure. goes and what you need. So. The best thing about it is because I played them in eighth. I have um, nine wraiths already, so yeah, yeah. I'm pretty Perfect. well situated for that. So you're halfway there. Halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I've also got Davy here. Davey, how are you? Oh, hello. Nice to see you all. It's nice to see you. Uh, yeah, all good. All good. I um, I'm also going to be one of the first uh, World Eaters mains on the channel, as I am. Yes. <laughs> yes. Getting through some models. World Eaters mains um, all over the shop. I don't know if we're. I, I mean, I don't think I'll I'll be finishing them as quickly as Chris. Um, as I'm I'm just finding paint and so laborious at the moment. Um, but but yeah, hey ho, that's it's fun. Got lots of things to build. Uh, John sent me my wonderful World Eaters Christmas box, yes. uh, which I now have to collect from the post office because I wasn't in when it arrived. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, God damn it! Now I get to see him seen in public. Um, the time I had to go to like Hemel Hempstead Depot to rescue some kind of Warhammer that hadn't made it into the house. Good time. Uh, it's bad news. But then, other than that, though, um, uh, done a Vanguard onslaught video, which will be on the channel tomorrow. Which exciting to see. Uh, and I took that to a GT last weekend, the weekend before, and then uh, that's on top of the two RTTs I did earlier last month. Um, so yeah, so really fun, uh, really good time at the weekend. Obviously uh, with the wonderful uh, Tom Lohman. Um, yeah, I was part and, of that. And it was a really good, absolute savage um, group of people. It was vicious. But, yeah. Yeah, but uh, a really fun event. That's another shout out to the Hertfordshire Winter GT run by Toys of Mass Destruction, which we had an amazing time at. I've not been to one of theirs before. The venue's amazing. They're good guys. They they put on a really good event, and it's it's a strong crowd, strong players. So. It was, it was a really good event, and uh, yeah. But now I'm just kind of bummed out. I've got nothing really until Nottingham GT. Wow, that's a long. Yeah, time. it feels like a long time, but I guess it'll go by. It's like six weeks, right? So, and then it two of those weeks, weeks, you wouldn't have had anything because Christmas is there, probably. Exactly. Um, Although I keep refreshing BCP, I'm like, why isn't anyone putting anything on between Christmas and New Year near me? Last year, was it last year? A year before, I went to a GT, uh, no, an RTT, sorry, on like the 27th or something. It was like a Wednesday between Christmas and New Year's. Mm. I, I don't nothing think I, was that yet. I'm looking at one that's between Christmas and New Year down in Winchester. We've got a few people. Yeah, you're going to Winchester. I would have loved to have gone to that one. It's just a little bit too far. Um, mm. But if there was something. I mean, you know, I'm very, we're very blessed in the area we live because there's so many, you know, cities, towns, etc. that'll just put events on. Oh, yeah. It's a very but busy, reason, busy scene. But, yeah, people like to do other stuff at Christmas. I, th- I say embrace it, Davey. Yeah, you've got, you've got a young family. Just Twitch, Twitch. Just need my fix, it. man. I need my that. fix. I know. It is tough. It is tough. Um, I'm sure you'll survive. Paint those world eaters. You've got to compete with Chris. How many? I'm curious to see because we've got at least three world eaters mains. I know John wants to be a world eaters main as well. Do we have any more than that, or is that it? Is that is that all who got on in our team? 
I think that's sort of only the three. It's disappointing. That's rookie true. numbers. Yeah, yeah rookie a, few, a few others were put off. Just in time for everything to get nerfed in. Uh, nah, I, they won't get nerfed. Sure, they're, they're like bang on like 50% yeah, on I the would, highly reliable. If they've got any sense, they leave them the fuck alone. Don't do anything. Definitely don't boost them. Hopefully. Yeah. Absolutely do not do that. Um, and also, Cheeky little boost. Boosterini. No, but they're saying that they hate it by when... By the time Nottingham happens, they will have ruled it so that 8-bound can't go in Rhinos as well. Because um, I don't know if anyone's seen what's going to be happening at Leicester, but 8-bound uh, can go in Rhinos. So. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, really? That's fun. Keywords accident. Uh, they technically can. Obviously, they shouldn't. Uh, but it is, I think, currently as ruled that they can. Here's here's just another keyword accident that they should probably fix, but will never come up. You can put 12 um, Centurion Devastators, or just Centurions, uh, in a Corvus Blackstar. Yes, you can, yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Is it Whoopsie. good? Who knows? No, no I know. I know. <laughs> Imagine that plane just, we're going to get there, we're going to get there. It's like scraping the ground yeah. as it moves along. Yeah. Absolutely. So welcome to everybody in the chat. We have Sindri saying three twos for the three two throne. You know what we're about. Um, and Sindri took eighth at a GT this past weekend with 30 jackals. Very, very cool. Well done. Oh, wow. Nice to see you out and about taking names. Existence UK is here. Sindri is still cheering. Very excited. Sindri's well up for this episode. Um, Jack is here. Pickalax is here. Phil Gill is here. Mechanicus is here. Saying I'm a bit quiet. I am a bit quiet. We can't work out. My mic's being a bit funny, but I'll try and be as loud as I can. You might have to deal with some annoying breathing. I'm very sorry about that. Um, and then Jack Tite says, Nassim's on World Eaters now. Yeah, absolutely. That's oh, classic that, Nassim. Following that's the something. Police. That's something. Yeah, exactly. Man, what, those War Masters, they're always just yeah, one behind they're us. They're always, always looking to our Well, team, you, you could argue which, that we're trying We're seconds. currently first, and War are. Masters are still second. Well, um, they are. They absolutely are. Yep. Not to name any names. It's always better to laugh first, and I think Absolutely. laughing we first is very important that. that we do that. Yeah, and we're enjoying being top of the standing still. We, we Three weeks in a row, baby. Need some of our boys to deliver at Leicester. I'm not we going really to Leicester. <laughs> I'm going to a one-day kill team RTT on the Sunday uh, with, that my dear friend Adam is putting on, and I'm g- gonna just gonna just not think very much about. Do you that. know the rules for kill team? I have played it a couple of times. Okay. Um, and I have a nice kill team who've got like a traitor Ogryn and traitor Commissar. It's that um, traitor guard kill team. They're quite fun. But no, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. But I've I've done this before. Like I went to a one day Sigmar RTT where I'd never played it before and I still beat a guy. So I'm up for it. I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be good. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Jack Tite says, must have missed the six plus plus sisters player. Uh I think he's just been copying um, Paint Celestine in the Discord, though, because you know, so. we've we've had a sisters chat forever, and I, it's very obvious that you and Vic just went in there and got everything you know from there. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I was at the same uh, GT as Davy. I have already summarised it on on Rock and Stone, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. So yeah, I'm not going to go into it here. But it was a great time. Really enjoyed it. Um, was delighted to take second place after a surprise Clement round one put me in an interesting spot for the rest of the event. Um, did Clement can... win? Yes, Clement did win. Yeah, he absolutely annihilated the other Eldari player at the end, which helped me out no end with getting to the uh, getting to that sweet second place. He was lovely. I had not talked to Clement properly before. He's was really he playing nice. um, Crimson Hunters? No, double Harlequin boat. Otherwise, more or less what you would expect. But he does like Crimson Hunters. He also he does, Void... yeah. He talked about Void Raven bombers. We talked about that. Um, I think um, a lot of Eldar lists might well go to the Crimson Hunter Harlequin type thing after the net upcoming nerf. 
might well be. The I case. think a lot of Eldar lists will go on the fucking shelf, mate. So uh, <laughs> don't worry about what units are going to be good in Eldar. We'll see. Be a short we... list. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, let's not call it too soon. But we can we can dream. We can have Christmas wishes. They need they need to get absolutely fucking binned so I can start playing them again and feel good about it. Oh, I do know that feeling. I do yeah. know that feeling. Um, we are very good at self-promotion, possibly the best. So I'm going to hand over to Chris for the Plus Roundup. Chris, round up that Plus. What's happening? Oh, so much, as always. Yeah, um, we're busy, boys. And we have been producing a whole host of videos. So let me talk you through those videos as I hit refresh. Um, <laughs> so a little insight into Chris's process there. For if you ever wondered, how does Chris do the Plus Roundup? Uh, the so answer is he goes on our YouTube, looks at what has gone on there since he last looked at it. Absolutely. Tells, tells you, the listener. We've we done video. We're, we're a slick operation and we know. Oh, look, I haven't watched any of these. My, uh, <laughs> um, so I don't, I can't remember. Like, November 23rd. So we last time we had... Um, <laughs> We had obviously we have had Tom interview Vic about um, the Adeptus Sororitas, um, and that was an incredible watch. So congratulations, Thomas! Um, if you are, oh yeah, I did, I, did, I did all the heavy lifting. In you that, did all yeah. the heavy lifting. Um, <laughs> so if you have any interest in sisters, Jack Tight, you might learn a thing or two from that. Then, yeah, I think um, so. Then you should check that out. And Ed and Scriver have also talked through, have kind of finished their cracking the Codex series um on space marines um and have kind of leveled out with a tips and tricks video so if you want to kind of like so if, um if you're about to like go to an event for example and you're like i might run into some marines check out that video 100 percent, because that will um that will kind of just help you have that kind of like preparation idea um in terms of live stuff um we have this really we had a very interesting 22 second video um by tom <laughs> Um, but that doesn't exist anymore. But if you do want to watch Rock and Stone episode four, yes, sir. which he just streamed accidentally live, then um, check that out. Episode four, Votan in the Meta, in which Tom talks about Votan in the Meta that is with, right. with the help of Jake from Vanguard Tactics and James of Toys of Mass Destruction. Yeah. It was good. It was good fun. Good episode. And yeah, my heart CT roundup is in there. So you can find all of that in there as well. Yeah. Um, and in terms of upcoming uh, content. Bug watch um, tomorrow. Bug watch tomorrow. There we go. And we're also talking about our next matchup plus plus video. Mm -hmm. um, so. oh, um, you were going to do another break. Yeah. Breaking the codex, Ed. Yeah. Yeah. There's. um. They're signed uh, on for, for forever now, basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, uh, uh, shift your mic up a bit, Tom. They're, you need um, content then... you can only find on our channel. Absolutely. <laughs> Nobody else. Nobody else Nobody in the else. game is doing what we do. Ideas. Uh, not, not bitter, genuinely not bitter. It's nice oh, to see more people doing good yeah, content. Um, I'll come up with something else innovative, and then we can see someone else um, do the same thing. But yeah, no, we've got um, got a NIDS video coming up, I think. Uh, I don't think we know any NID players in the team. No. I think I might have to outreach. No, I, I, I tell people I don't know you either. <laughs> <laughs> it's understandable. Yeah, so uh, I believe that uh, Davey will be joining myself and Scrimo for episode one of the NIDS. Uh, then NIDS may take a little bit of a backseat. We'll just sort of fill it in as we can because we've got Necrons and Admech to do. Ed so that's going to be uh, super exciting. Did you say Deadmech? Yeah. 
No, he said Edmet, which oh, I really Edmet. liked. Yeah. Freudian, Freudian slip. You if are, Ed, yeah. if Ed did run them, they would be Edmet, and I'd have a lot yeah. of time for that. It's, you know, just com- completely unrelated. Um, I have been listening to a playlist called You Initially Thought You uh, Were sat- Set to Save the World and then d- discover that you were uh, meant to destroy it or something. Completely butchered that title. But, uh, <laughs> just, just the, uh, you know, an insight to the inner machinations of uh, my brain. Yeah, very good. Very, very good. There's a lot coming, basically, and we're going to have a bunch more stuff because, yeah, term ends, as I just discussed. So that means that means we can finish Play Your Cards Right. It means we can do a few bits for the Patreon. It means the meta weather report can get in before the slate comes. So that will all be dropping next week as well. Uh, we've got a few more comments. We've got William Lovell saying that was a very nice way to end the Cracking the Codex Marine series. I completely agree. I think with that nice little sort of summary key things bit, that really makes the way that the Cracking the Codex series is set up um, sort of really nicely designed to get you all the things that you need. So as if you're trying to figure out what an enemy army does or one you might want to play, I really recommend starting there. Existence UK says Edmech, Edcrons, etc. Yeah, we can definitely make that a thing. Ed loves it when we make a thing out of a thing that he said on the internet. So <laughs> let's let's, let's, let's absolutely do that. Jack Tite says, a few opponents from this weekend said they'd listen to your sister's episode. They all still lost. And as we know, Jack Tite, an opponent knowing what your army does and still being able to beat it is a really good reflection on the state of that army and its current place in the game. So well done, you. Very proud of you. Um, That's really, really, really good. Um, Okay, that's all of the roundup. We will now go into our main topic, which is shooting. Who here likes shooting? Chris likes shooting. You're holding Angron. He's really good at shooting. Does he have any? He doesn't, does he? Does he not even have like a whip? Or he doesn't something? even have the grenade strap. Like, what does he not? Like? Outrageous. Ed likes shooting, Chris likes shooting. David, do you like shooting? Ah, uh, shooting's all right. Shooting's do you remember right. what good guns are like? It's been a while. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm coming yeah. around to it. I quite like it. It's quite fun. It's a big part of 40k. You shoot guns at stuff, they go away. Um, and we've talked in previous episodes about other things to do with getting your army ready and getting advantage in different phases of the game so tonight we're going to talk about shooting and i've got a few categories i've sort of thought about how we might organize this up i've chatted with the others and we're going to talk about this in terms of goals first goals for your shooting phase then we'll think about risk and reward things to bear in mind with that we'll talk about synergies we'll talk about the old-fashioned term of target priority we'll talk about sequencing and we'll talk about counterplay before finishing by thinking a little bit about redundancy. So it's a whole bunch of important things that you can be bearing in mind as you're doing your shooting phase. So feel free to note those down. Feel free to fill those notes out. If Welcome you're really to a lecture. In doing well. Yeah, exactly. We're lecturing away here. This is exactly how I do my lectures in real life. Uh, those 22-second fake lectures at the start. Get people interested. Say something and then leave, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, what about that hook? <laughs> yeah, you got to got to get people intrigued, you know. Why is the title the same as last week's? Why did the video end immediately? Like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so let's start with goals because I think having a clear sense of what your goals for a shooting phase are is actually very important. I think it's something where a lot of this is instinctive, but if you actually stop to break it down and think about it, working out what you are trying to do in a shooting phase and building on that basis is really useful so I, I wonder if you guys want to maybe comment on that and kind of work that in kill shit okay start with you chris so your goal is kill shit is it kill shit yeah see okay. shit kill shit okay uh, i mean there might be some thought <laughs> to what shit to kill but 
generally yes. the shooting phase is about killing shit, I would like to think. But yeah, for me, it's... This what, is top, top quality. This is top quality. From the captain, yeah. Well, I'm well decent, mate. Angron is literally seeping into him. You can see like, Angron so is making right him now. angry and, and a little bit less bright, if I'm honest. Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, first of all, um, is there anything I need to kill for my cards? Okay, um, there so we go. Scoring kills. And I'll be like, oh, this, I really don't want to have to kill that character, but I've got to assassinate. So now I've got to try and... And that's obviously if you go tactical, that's one of the nice things about going fixed is you're not necessarily... Um, hooked into that pattern. But if you have gone tactical, for me, it's like, right, is there anything, um, is this a definitely a gettable card? Um, so quite a big thing um, is obviously with Aldo is the Incarn. Is there a way that I can maybe get my Incarn somewhere to now um, kind of like uh, epic challenge out of character or that sort of thing? Good. I think, I feel like in general, just like looking at, so if you did draw a Sissonate, for example, looking at your opponent's characters, are there any ways that I can get to see them um, and precision amount of epic change and that, those sorts of things. So can I score my cards? And then it's kind of thinking about um, what is potentially hurting you the most. So like, for example, if you're playing knights, then you might be thinking, I want to try and kill the, the big anti-vehicle stuff first. Um, yes. And then the third thing I would think about is um, what's going to be, like in order of priority, what's going to be hurting me soon you know like if you've got angron in your deployment zone probably gonna have to deal with him um but that thing over there which actually if i measure how far it can go and it's not really going to be able to affect the board too much at this time then that's not as high a priority as a particular area which is maybe about to smash into a flank or something that um, so that's sense. kind of the, the steps that i would personally go there you through. go so when he opens it up there are actually some really useful oh, who knew? There for yeah. so yeah killing that is related to your scoring shooting things that are going to help you score cards do you need to clear everything out of the middle do you need to kill a vehicle do you need to kill a character do you just need to get no prisoners so you need to bully a couple of chaff units these are all important things um and as you say this can be linked to broader macro strategic goals as well ed what do you think what kinds of goals do you set in a shooting phase yeah well before we we'd go into that i think chris is um got an interesting point playing world eaters they do have the best shooting unit in the game i think we all prepared ahead of time and have one of those uh it's the humble rhino okay. uh, we've all got one of those here as we just hey, spoke about before game uh where, oh, tom, tom where's your rhino oh, Did you i not... can't i can't i can't believe you've done this i can't believe you've done this i've got i've got a done him I've got He's a Goliath. A Goliath. Uh, close enough. Count. Close enough. You've forgiven. Oh, oh God. The rhino fight. Uh, uh, the rhino is relevant there. I fucking love I the feel rhino. So um, excluded. It's so good in the shooting phase because it does teleport home. Is so fucking good right now. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I did? <laughs> I see <laughs> when my opponents playing world eaters and they've got corn berserks and a fucking um, rhino. I look at that and go, oh, that's going to get you fifteen points so hard. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't do anything about this on UKTC. <laughs> oh yeah. God, I hate it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I think, I mean, not to be contrary, the most important part of the shooting phase is the bit before you get there. That's completely um, true. Yeah. When you, you set up your lines of fire. Mm. Um, playing Chaos Knights, it's quite nice because you've got an effective range of 12 inches on your, your melter. And it's really good melter. But you've yeah. got to really think where, you've got to, where you want to go. Yeah. And they also have Dreadhounds, which you want to activate at the start of the phase. Well, you have to activate at the start of the phase, where you declare two or more of your units one of your opponent's units and you just get exploding sixes into that unit. Yes. So I'm a big fan of thinking about what you do before you roll any dice. Yeah. Um, 
playing a clock so you, your opponent doesn't get arsy with you for spending five minutes not moving any models and just sort of standing there and looking at things. Is I totally agree with this, by the way. It's, you want to know what you're going to fire in what order, yeah. what combinations you're going to apply to it. Because if you just start instinctively randomly doing things, your chances of making errors or falling short are so much higher, right? Yeah. The the way I sort of structure my, my shooting phase is basically just have an, a priority list. Yeah. This needs to die, then this needs to die. If I get to this one, fantastic. If not, whatever. And you know what? The first two things almost always die if you do that. Um, yes, exactly that. Not if you have your entire army tied up by Angron, and you can only bring X models to bear on him. But, uh, you know, if things are going well, the what things you want to die should and will die. Completely, completely. Davey, what do you reckon? Oh man, realistically, Ed stole my point, but essentially, I think with Tyranid, the <laughs> shooting... Worry. Whatever happens, you did the thing with the Rhinos, so, you know... That was the dream, that was all I we wanted I'm to achieve. I'm devastated I couldn't reach a Sagittar from here, I had to go with a Goliath truck. <laughs> Why a Goliath truck is closer than a Sagittar right now, I, I don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Ca- you it's carry telling, on. it's very telling. Yeah, absolutely. Is it being converted into an Orc truck? Oh, he's a clever boy, he's nailed it. Yeah, very good. Nice. Um... Uh, yeah, so really, I think with, with Tyranids, like what I'm kind of thinking about at the moment is like what it said is the, the, the phase beforehand, right? Is can I survive the next shooting phase uh, if I Good. stick my head out? And it's that Good. thing of fi- assessing your firing lines and then saying, okay, I don't want to stick my head out first because I get shot. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that chicken and egg, right? If you Are you going to give off chicken? Who's going to blink first and try and kill something in the middle of the board Good. with their big gun, then the other one will, will shoot them. What Good. people don't realize is my big gun will not kill their big gun because mm-hmm. I am strength eight and they are toughness 11 or whatever a space marine tank is. So yeah, that's kind of like where I'm at with it. I Good. try and get out, you know, make sure I know all the firing lines at the start of the game, where do I deploy and everything. But then when the shooting, get, shooting phase t- comes around, it's, it's very much, am I finishing off what I'm shooting here? Because for me, shooting isn't necessarily the way to score because I'm winning by move blocking and getting across the board. Yep. It's all those things that get through the move block that I'm shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's where I think the, the goals of a shooting phase are going to vary from army to army, right? If there's some armies where what they're trying to do is lift you entirely from the board because that's how they're going to win the game. There's yeah. others where one of the goals you have to think about, and this takes us on to our next point, is... My goal this shooting phase is to do some damage without inviting so much damage in response that I then mm-hmm. cease to exist. So sometimes shooting phases are quite quiet. Sometimes you don't do much at all. Sometimes you'll just take a couple of little wins and not really poke much out or expose much at all. And sometimes it's about just trying to provoke enough of a response or force enough of a response that you might get a better go next time. Because shooting, yeah, a, bit, a bit like melee, shooting has go turns and not go turns, right? I think mm. armies and good players need to identify when the moment to unload a bunch of their weapons and options is, because if you do that at the wrong time, then you'll lose the game. Which takes yeah. us very nicely onto risk and reward. Ed, you offered up risk and reward as a point. Do you want to elaborate on risk versus reward in shooting? Absolutely. I think a great example was game four at the GT I went to, which was Chaos Knights versus Chaos Knights. We played a really cagey first couple of turns. And there was, because all my guns are 24 inches and all of his guns are 24 inches, and our movement is 12 inches and the melter range is 12 inches, if you can take pot shots with melter, you will be in range of melter, but, you know, melter four as opposed to just, you know, 
the flat d6 damage. So we were playing the dance of I was putting all my models that could get into range of his low not blue scribes that were doing teleport homers in the middle so I could, you know, dread hounds it, roll loads of uh, non-line of sight shooting into it to hopefully pick it up. Didn't, but uh, on average it was about there, so I think it was the right choice. But then staying 24.1 inches away, so if he wanted to get onto the primary, he had to be the one that moved closer to me. Um, and just sort of playing that dance. Just knowing your opponent's uh, gun line stats is really important. Yeah. Like if you're if you're playing against a load of, I don't know, let's say predators with the auto cannons, what are they? Strength nine AP one D th flat three damage, something like, yeah, that. something like that. Yeah, you can you can just walk out your uh, your vehicles you know when they've got loads of lethal hits suddenly you've got to be more respectful for it yeah. so you've got to you've got to think about what can you commit um another great example of this is angle shooting so mm -hmm. you know how many times have you seen somebody who's played loads of games sort of get down and be like right okay so the tip of my gun's poking out here i can shoot this thing if it dies you won't be able to move anyone into range You're like yeah that's true that's Sneaky. how it works Sneaky how many stuff. times have you done it like i do it all the time because mm. I really like shooting my opponent's models. The I really ones, like not getting shot like back. That for me lately, it's the pioneers, right? The Votan bikers. Their whole life is popping yeah. off, popping on a board edge somewhere where they can just hit something, get rid of it, and then not get hit back. Because if you shoot pioneers, they die. So that, that they they're one of those units where they're always trying to just sneak angles and chip away without getting too involved. So there's there's a very real risk with those because if they do get lit up, they they will fall apart. Yeah, I think any sort of regular chassis, even a tank chassis that isn't something like a land raider really wants to be sort of angle shooting and trying to deny shots back where they can because you know t10 sounds amazing if you're still dialed into ninth edition brain but it just falls over to any real damage yeah absolutely right because there's there's almost a trade dimension to this actually i know it's something we talk about in terms of fight phase and we'll get to that next time but there is a bit of that with shooting there's if, if this sticks out it'll get shot back maybe that gives me an opportunity to then stick another thing out shoot that other thing back but it depends very much on what you're fighting and obviously it is always worth bearing in mind there are some units out there that can shoot you back that can do other kinds of things that will ruin your shooting phase so you need to be very aware, very aware of what the risks are when you're shooting at particular targets like do i have enough stuff to basically kill an entire wraith guard brick if you don't the risk of shooting that is going to be much higher than it's worth doing right <laughs> you look so fucking pleased with this yeah. i don't understand it right? understanding what the the potential things that could modify that so asking your opponent what stratagems they have that can make it more difficult to kill whatever you're going to try and trade for good yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll come back to that in more detail in, in counterplay, because actually I think this is an addition that's loaded a whole bunch of opponent counterplay into the shooting phase, and there's all sorts of tricks being pulled, so you need to be very aware of those. Um, and you need to be factoring them into the risks that you take, because they will make things even more risky than you thought they were going to be. You can end up trading for nothing, much less for something small, and that's that's the way the game currently is, so we'll get into, back into that in a little bit more detail in a moment. Mechanicus says, can you do a stream that's just Chris concentrating hard on painting? Yes, we can absolutely do that. He's signing up to do that right now. Um, I think that would be a great way to get Chris making some content. He can just all sit and watch him paint. Yeah, well. it's just watch him paint. <laughs> yeah, therapeutic. Literally yeah. watch him paint dry. You could, could we, we could get a wig, do a sort of Bob Ross. I'm just going to put a little bit of blood on this. Thing yeah, here. just splatter the shit yeah. out. <laughs> Next up. We sorry, can I add something? Oh, sorry. So um, for me, one thing I used to do mm -hmm. is if you're like, oh, I'll put this unit out and I'll just do a bit of shooting with it. It might die, but you know, it doesn't matter. 
Um, but actually running the maths of what is this going to do? Is this yes. actually a worthwhile thing? The most recent thing on memory was my first game with um, Grey Knights, my only game with Grey Knights um, on TTS. I put out these... Grey Knight I uh, put out um, these Grey Knights. I dropped them down to my home objective and I left out the um, Vortex of Doom Librarian to like fire into these guys because my previous Vortex of Doom had done like fucking shit tons of mortals. I was like, this is amazing. This time the Vortex of Doom did two wounds to a Devilfish and then a lot <laughs> of those Terminators died. And it was like, ah, oh, I didn't, didn't really think about this. It was just, I just want to use the, um, just want to use the Vortex of Doom. But actually, I think quite often we put something out to like add their amount of shooting. But if you were to run the numbers, actually, what it's probably only doing like three or four wounds to something. Yeah. It actually isn't worthwhile in the grand scheme of things compared to using that unit. And obviously, we all know Aldar are still very powerful. However, if you do shoot them and you get the chance to shoot them, they do generally die. So, as an out, what thing I've had to really work on, and I used to work on it a lot with the Harlequins, is is this actually useful shooting that yes. is going to contribute in a meaningful way and mean that then I am safe? So I think that's something that quite often, I remember playing, I can't remember what the game was, but at Coventry, I definitely played into someone. He was like, oh, I don't know whether to put this out and shoot. And I was like, well, let's just run the maths quickly. Like, you're going to do two wounds on average. Is that really worth it, considering it will die next turn? So, yeah. If I... Ed has his hand up. If I only have shooting chassis that have a two-up save, armor of contempt, and minus one damage, do I have to think? No, no. End of no, sentence. Then just you absolutely, you absolutely don't. Guy, do no, I fucking hate don't. that list so much. Like, yeah. I love vehicles, cute. I love shooting. Realistically, I should love playing it, but you just like it's so fucking dull. Um, yeah. and, like, nothing against anyone who enjoys playing it, but like, I hope that they <laughs> get. No, no, no. Genuinely, like, um, people are allowed to like the things they enjoy but i hope it gets binned soon because it's so negative for just general play patterns of wanting to be on the board and doing things yeah completely. um one thing i just to add as well about goals one of the goals that you will set in one of the specific missions that i hate well I, it's a good mission but i hate it's playing it with my current list purge the goddamn foe yeah there he is, <laughs> is it's uh, shooting is exponentially goes up in importance in that mission mm. because you can just sweep up points from the get go, mm. especially if you're going second. So, uh, in terms of setting goals, sometimes it will be kill more essentially. Yeah, and so it, that's the example where goals and risk and reward come in. In a, in a purge the foe, I've gone first situation, sticking a couple of things out to maybe kill something can just give your opponent eight primary, so don't do it. Just freaking go to ground and hide and don't don't be giving the points away because you're not going to help yourself. I guess is now a good time to talk about the uh, exorcist in the room. Not a line of sight <laughs> shooting. So fucking let's, good. Let's name check it here because it is a big deal, right? The nice thing about artillery is it gives you all sorts of ways around all those problems, doesn't it, Ed? It really does. Um, and if we go back to uh, is it eight? no beginning of ninth edition when I was just getting into like proper competitive. 40k and i was playing the orc buggy list you know the fun fair fun. i only ran six of each um buggy. <laughs> i was still tabling marines with non-line of sight shooting uh, just mm. with six squig buggies it was so disgusting like the power that non-line of sight shooting gives you even when it's not at that oppressive level just putting the pressure on your opponent's throat turn one is so it's strong crazy. puts them on a timer right well, one of my favorite um 
stories is um, from the eighth edition LVO where Manny Chima took the most horrendous Imperial oh, fist, yes. like all of the Thunderfire cannons, all the things, and he lost. I remember in, like, that the, list. He lost in like the quarters or semis to John Lennon yes. because he'd killed everything by like turn three, apart. Oh from, yeah, and he couldn't score the kill more. Apart from the unkillable Leviathan Dreadnought and yeah. ten guys, That's and because it. of that. He, um, yeah, he literally couldn't get a kill or kill more, so he God. lost despite basically tabling the opponent. Turn three, yeah, they don't. So that's a top tip don't kill your opponent too quickly. Um, well, that yeah. is something, it's genuine with the cards. It's like if you know you've got certain cards coming and you've got oh, that vehicle's on two wounds, and you're like, yeah. is it gonna hurt me? No, it isn't. Is bring it down, yeah, yeah absolutely. Why I not? regularly leave a vehicle alive, yeah, vehicle, character, little so. chaff unit. There's, it can be that you're like, well, I might well need this for something else in a little while. So with I love leaving a single awful. gargoyle alive just behind a wall. You're like, uh, what are you going to do with it? You're going to pass a battle shock at minus one with you know, like your leadership 12? <laughs> no, you're not. You're not going to do anything. Uh, oh, I got no prisoners, did I? There's a point. There's a yeah. point. There's a point. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, another thing with risk and reward, and this is something which takes a bit of practice, because I'm not saying never do this. But I'm saying be very, very careful when you do this, and and that is splitting fire, right? This is quite this is, this is quite this is quite a controversial topic. You meet people. It's very, I, I don't think it is. It sometimes Never it fire genuinely, genuinely sometimes is because obviously units often have multiple guns, especially vehicles. Some of those guns are better at killing other things than others. The temptation is to use my Gatling gun on those little bodies, mm -hmm. big plasma on the big tank. Uh, but obviously the risk, and we've all seen it, is you fire several different guns at several different things and do a little bit of damage, not very much, Nothing and then put yourself in a hole you can't recover from. Well, it, so, it, so here's the fix to that. You do that, but you do that with your unit first, and then you go, cool, I underperformed here. I guess I put more of my anti-tank yeah. weapons into this. Good. So. And so that's how you can get around splitting fire is if you see all of the units you've lined up to shoot different things as working as a team and you've got a lot of redundancy, which we'll get to later, then suddenly splitting fire becomes a little bit less dangerous. But sometimes it is just worth making sure the thing you need to kill is dead before you worry too much about what your other guns are up to, right? One of my biggest flaws as a player is I, I just can't deal with inefficient maths. Um, so when my opponent's like, I think I'm going to split fire, I'm like, dude... <laughs> I know I've only got two wounds, but like, if you don't kill me, you lose the game. And then they take my advice, and then they kill my unit, and they're like, oh, "Wish yeah, I was Nassim, Nassim able to keep my mouth closed." Lost his shit because I was going to split fire when I was trying to finish off the Incarn into the Swimming Hawks, and he was like, "Just please don't do that. Please, that, please, absolutely don't do that. Don't leave the Incarn on one wound and then let it teleport somewhere else. Please, please don't do that." <laughs> what? Like, I can't, I can't see this train wreck in slow motion. Yeah, exactly. Not again. Exactly. Like, please, just, <laughs> like, I don't care if you beat me. Just, just the do the. Did properly. kill it literally to the wound. It's worth saying, so I'd have been fine. But nonetheless, don't do it. Yeah, it, until you're very, very, very confident in the output of different guns be very very careful with that right next up we have got synergies let's talk synergies in the shooting phase what does that mean to you davy they don't have any <laughs> nobody right, tell them on. nobody tell them oh you're muted davy <laughs> davy you're muted davy i love you you're muted <laughs> I just, just love it. Just, I love it. Just like, nah, just let him talk. And uh, I, I, I would look. I would have intervened sooner. I didn't know what Ed was on about. I'm sorry. I, I love the expressive. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On, yeah. Davey. Davey no, I'm trying to do have some um, 
some ways to buff the rest of their army, right? So yes, you've exactly. got Pyroboards that take away cover, you've got mm -hmm. extra things and give them reroll ones they hit. Exactly. Um, so things like that enable the rest of your mediocre shooting to become slightly better than mediocre. Exactly. But that's the thing, right? We don't have great shooting, but if you want to make the most out of it, there are ways to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, I think that's like a big tyranny thing is, is um, everything working together. Like there's no like yeah. absolute hammer of a unit. Um, even a Norn isn't the most powerful unit in the world. But with the help of everything, we all do it as a team, guys. Exactly. You know, it's that kind of vibe. Exactly, and so it's the same with GSC. Would you like a gun that suddenly becomes AP4, ignore cover? Yes, you would like that. So you want all of the things that help it to do that to come together. So you need to drop in, you need to use the right strat, you need to have the ridge runner boop it with a little mortar first to make sure you've got extra AP, and then you can really cook. But if you don't do those things, suddenly you're like, oh, this is much less dangerous than it was before. So the, the combination can play between units, and this is, again, something I think 10th has really pushed yeah. is a lot of armies have little units or particular vehicles in there that give army-wide buffs to other shooting units so you want to make sure that you use those in tandem with other things there's the flipping land speeder that's like a plus one to the wound land speeder there's lots of things that remove cover it's the the exalted flamer chariot for demons people run that in csm so there's all of those kinds of units and the, spoilers they're not going to do it very well if you don't apply the buff first before other stuff then gets to work. So you want to remember, what, what, what are the things that force multiply make all my other stuff better? It's Let's very cool as well there. that they do it with units that aren't really good on their own. So like a Paravore exactly. is not a great flamer, but it does no. do that thing, which helps the rest of your army. Yeah, exactly. So that. it's not like in ninth where, you know, the thing that buffed the rest of your army also murdered their best unit. Like <laughs> things like that. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. it's... It's nice that you get some mediocre units actually performing a role. Completely. It's like the Kronos, right? The Kronos is, unless, with the except, brief exception of Dark Technomancers making them busted beyond all hell, it's normally useless. <laughs> but now in Drakari, he sits nine inches away from all his mates and lets them get paint tokens back on a four-up. So you need to think very carefully about where he is and you need to remember to re-roll for him when you're doing your paint tokens. So those little units, those little synergies are massively important. What do you think about synergies, Chris? I think perhaps one thing to especially consider is how you're going to maintain it over the course of the game. Okay. I think when you, um, it's very much like, ah, oh, you've moved stuff out, and now my turn too, I'm going to ka-chow and like just you know, destroy you. But that doesn't work. And then suddenly our stuff's gone and charged and gone off and done things, and um, you're suddenly a bit more spread out, and you're maybe using this buffing character, oh, this is the only thing I've got to screen my backfield, so I better move that back and... Um, that sort of thing. So I think um, potentially having that cohesive plan over the first kind of like three turns of where am I actually trying to direct this blob of things and, mm. and I think potentially this links to knowing your terrain set, knowing where you can position certain like buffing characters and that sort of thing to um, make sure you're hitting the point. So I know, for example, um, where I can put my fast here to make sure safely to make sure it's within twelve of the of Fugan, for example, to make sure that Fugan can then do twelve damage with his um, with his gun. So not within nine inch range. So it's like it's like those sorts of things which come with obviously with just like practice and playing the army and knowing the terrain sets, but having an eye on future turns, I think, is like really important. Yeah, completely. Anything to add, Ed? Uh, yeah, I guess 
I've uh, I've really tested out synergy with Chaos Knights. I ran a, a great and clean one, so I could drop the yeah. toughness of units by one, making my strength six and my strength twelve weapons much more effective. Uh, and the burning chariot as well. And you know what? You know what I did when I went to this GT this weekend? Didn't run either of them. You got to work out whether the <laughs> opportunity cost is uh, is worthwhile. I think yeah. the burning chariot is probably worth it for Chaos Knights, but I'm really on the carnival hype train. Like I'm I'm feeling like right now maybe you don't need to spend points on making already pretty decent shooting better when oh, you've got absolutely. other things available so i think while it's cool to put synergy in and um like the firestorm ultramarines list that i've been talking about on the podcast for like i don't know four weeks uh, of course now we're seeing people play that hashtag trendsetter definitely didn't do any work other than you know throw a list together play it twice and then never get around to make the models but uh, i'm gonna cl- i'm gonna claim that one mm. um i was looking at putting a couple of the storm speeders in because you know then you can get turn off cover you can get uh, plus one ap combo it with the plus one ap the aggressors get already and i was like look at all this and i was like hold on this is almost 300 points the yep. speeders die the turn after they're used yep they don't actually do that much cool what do i put in instead something good <laughs> Yeah. Just like 300 points of something useful instead. Yeah, so, this uh, is a conversation you and me, I feel, have had many times, which is that, yeah, the, the combination plays and the techie stuff is all well and good, but it, also just raw power and efficiency is very good. And and the more you're relying on just reliable, consistent units and less on combination mm. play, the easier it is and the less likely you are to fall down and have a brain fart and not do the things you need to do, right? Yeah, the, G- like the, uh, the Ridge Runner example for GSC is such a great one because it's so low cost, it's yeah. solo risk. It's non line of sight shooting, and, it and it's so easy to pull off. Yeah, that's it. That's so like, it does multiple jobs that you'd, you'd want yeah. it anyway. Yeah, yeah. 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 So but if it's, but there's, it's about how much investment it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You absolutely have to reach a certain bar for it to be worth putting in your uh, in your list there. Completely, completely. Anyone that remembers ninth edition Admec knows you can have too many overlapping buffs. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, just a little face there, cheeky little face. Oh um, god, those wonderful, great times. Right. So we've already sort of talked about this, but I'm just going to open it up to you boys. I mean, what what is target priority and why does it matter in the shooting phase? Someone go. Anybody. Take the shot. Well, uh, so for me, it's about, um, as Ed said earlier, planning out your shooting phase so you kind of know where it's But it's also, like, I know we're going to come to redundancy, kind of like making sure lots of different things can shoot different targets and having yes. angles covered in that. But for me, um, I would start with um the things that can only shoot one thing yes so you're like right this can only shoot in here it literally can't shoot anywhere else and i make sure i do all of those ones first mm. um, and that's my start point get those out of the way and then move on to kind of like the the, the um the trickier decisions and it's about 100%. I mean, you've got simple things like if you've got two profile or two different guns, one's two damage, one's one damage, you're shooting into something which has only got one wound left, or it might make sense to put the one damage gun in because you want to fish maps. And uh, it's like those things like that, like too often, and we all do it, don't we? We just start shooting the stuff and then go, oh, wait, you've only got one wound left and I've just wasted my... And I, because I've got like, you know, you've got like 
Fugans smelter six gun and you're like, well, I, or, I, or a race guard or whatever. You don't want them going into something which has obviously just got like one or two wins left. So no. um, it's about trying to order that as well, thinking mm-hmm. about oh, um, what's left or oh, can I plink off this one wound so that then I can put the three damage gun in to yeah. try and get the next thing. It's like those little things which actually just really help increase your efficiency a lot. So the, those are the sorts of things really. I mean, so it's an infinite topic really and it's always going to be about there's no there are when you've got so many options you've got four units that can shoot three different things like the order in which you do that is going to depend on a whole host of things like angles and saves and all that sort of thing which just comes from experience really but if you can start doing the little things right to begin with um yeah i think that's the thing a lot of this is intuitive and instinctive but i think thinking about it more and sort of explicitly noting down and taking note of what you are doing and what is happening as a result of what you're doing that would be very useful i does in my early 40k career i remember someone i'm not going to name i would observe them splitting multiple weapons into multiple different things all the time and consistently not damaging all of the things was it sean because he's in the chat (laughs) (laughs) no i wouldn't i wouldn't cuss sean out like that but it's kind of it's it's that kind of thing where you you observe it and then oh that isn't good. Get things done one thing at a time and move from there. And that's a big part of target priority. You got anything to add, Ed? Yeah, no, I think target priority is super easy. I don't know why you know we even have to talk about it. All you have to okay. do is work out <laughs> what's the most valuable thing to kill. What's going to cause me, score me the most points? What's yeah. going to stop them from co- like removing my points? What yeah. do I need to kill that's going to kill me if I don't do it? Yeah. What can I kill the most efficiently with my profiles? Which order do I need to shoot the guns in? And there's about you know, 37 different things. And then all you have to do is beautiful-minded, and yeah. uh, done. that's dying. Yeah. It's it's like super simple, and I think you should guys should just uh, you know. Yeah, I'm surprised you can't all immediately do that straight away. I did, yeah. wild in it. Yeah, David, told you just I'll let you come in as well, David, in case you have got anything to add to this before we move forward. Not really. <laughs> Oh, you can hear me now. Shut up. No, it's just the emphatic <laughs> noise of you making yeah. sure you aren't with uh, Nah, man, it's... Um, it's this, Yeah, pretty much like Ed said, right? It's For me, I think one of the most... One of the most I would pick out, out of all of that is the efficiency. So mm-hmm. against Custodes the other day, I knew that Exocrines were my were my in. Um, I knew my plan ahead of time before the, sh- before the game started. I was like, okay, I need to get these Exocrines with a beeline on these uh, custodian guards because they've got the profile that gets through them if I get to battle shock them. As soon as the battle shocked, they all come out of the woodwork. Oh, hello, boom, boom, boom. And it's just knowing that, that that's something that you want to uh, exactly. kind of, yeah, it's it's knowing, it's having a bit of a target priority before the game's even started, not turn by turn. Yeah, completely. And it's, I do think with shooting phases, and this is where the flexibility and lining up different things, as we said, which is more of a movement phase thing, but shooting phases often go one of two ways, right? It's well never exactly it's never exactly average. You never just have oh, all my guns are doing precisely the damage that you do. You're just, you might have a moment where you activate a couple of things, you don't scratch something, and then you're like, oh, I need to dig for some other solutions then. Or things might go super well. So an example would be the game I had this weekend against James Grover, where his monolith literally just fell over. I shot a landfall at it; it did sixteen wounds to the monolith, and you're like. Oh, okay. The monolith just doesn't want to be around. Um, so now I can do some other stuff instead. I don't need to think about the monolith as much as I thought I was going to. And so you need to be set up to capitalize on good luck. You also need to be set up to 
dig yourself out from bad luck. And that's where having a list and a sense of what the most important things are and working through those so that if one of the important things starts going wrong, you can adapt rather than trying to do that at the end. And you're like, oh, I've already shot like three, four little units. They could have helped me get this last couple of wounds off. Now they can't, these kinds of things. Um, and what yeah. I do, and this is actually quite, I apply this to a bunch of different phases. If you look at the board, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. You look at the board, it's like turn two, turn three. And one bit of the board makes you go, and another bit of the board makes you go, ah, I don't mind this bit of the board so much. If it looks simple, straightforward, get the simple bits sorted out and then solve the puzzle. Work out what the puzzle is. You know, That's the bit where you need a bit of time, need to think, need to unpack the different elements that are in play. Um, but those bits are worth really thinking through and not just wading into and randomly doing different things because that's where you might start going wrong. Wonderful. Okay, Davey, I'm going to tee you up first because you've been down the end of, of Ed and Chris the last couple of times. And it's uh, it's quite an interesting one. This is sequencing. Well, it's kind of, I suppose, like I said before, right? If you're going to get um, bonuses from certain units Good. shooting first, like, mm-hmm. yeah, just do that first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I create, like Chris said before, like using units um that can only see one unit like get rid of those ones first because they've got no mm-hmm. flex and then just see how the turn takes you like mm-hmm. activation by activation um yeah is there, I anything, think that... is there anything in what the opponent can do that's worth thinking about with sequencing of course yeah so if you want to try and bait out an armor contempt for example like yes. you know see what they're doing there smoke screens all that kind of stuff mm. um yeah Opening models as well like obviously that's a big um, one obviously like one quite often you'll find well i line up some units and i'll start it and i'm like wait if i shoot now and they pull from here then actually the other stuff won't be able to shoot mm-hmm. so then you're starting to think well what do i start to shoot with what's the yeah. best way of making sure and obviously a lot of that is actually solved in the movement phase it is uh, making sure you've got the angles so that you can get around uh, and that sort of thing but yeah thinking about the Thinking about, especially if they've got big units spread out, that can cause a whole host of issues in terms of like pulling from range and from line of sight. So that's certainly a really important thing. So this is, in terms of that, if you have a Necron Warrior Brick or you have a Dark Commune, when I'm playing Votan, my, the question I'm always having in terms of sequence is, do I have some Hearthguard that can see the character in this unit? Yes, then it's fine. Everything else can just happen the way it needs to happen because they will always be able to get to the ends of that unit because you can't pull away the characters before you pull away the normal unit. And it's stuff like that where it's like, am I able to make sure there isn't a situation here where I half kill something and then lose the ability to keep killing it? Um, and that's, that is where the sequencing and the ordering of things, which is partly, as, as Chris says, a movement thing is very important. Ed, do you want to come in here? Yeah, I t- so I think all of those are quite easy to play around. Where it becomes difficult is when you have two factors to consider. Yes. So a great example is... Um, Game five, I was playing against World Eaters. Uh, My opponent had Khan and a squad of Berserkers. They were sort of like straddling each side of an objective. So I um, walked my Carnivore onto the board, 9.1 inches away, and I made sure that my other brigands that I wanted to shoot at the uh, Carnivore... Carnivores? The Corn Berserkers. (laughs) Uh, Too much much corn. Um, Were about 13 inches away. The Mm. reason being, when you shoot Berserkers then you can make a d6 inch move exactly towards something so it's like cool all i'm going to do is make sure even if he pulls the models closest 
to the uh, the carnivore. He doesn't get to move towards my shooting units. So then I, you know, shot one unit. He rolled his d6. He only rolled one, so he didn't actually get them over the other side of the wall. At which point he was stuck in a position where he's like, okay, cool. So now you're going to shoot me with both of the things that want to shoot me. And I don't even get to, um, you know, pull out of there without making the charge into the carnivore much easier to do. Yeah, exactly that. And that, that's where they, because of the different tricks and tools that enemy units have, you need to be aware of those and you need to be doing things in an order that doesn't allow someone to, no, to what we, I'd, I'd, I'd call it no-selling you, right? They can no-sell you sometimes. So let's say, for example, you half damage something and then someone makes it untargetable. Then you're in trouble. You're not going to do any more and you've lost half your efficiency and then something else is going to... So you, you're trying to... We talked about it already, but you're trying to bait out those things or test your opponent's resolve. I remember when I played Jack Asher at the narrative event, he had Nurgle Terminators, big brick, and a Nurgle Forge Fiend. And I was like, I'm just going to... I'd lined up the Terminators with a bunch of stuff. I'm like, now I'm just going to start shooting this Forge Feed and see how committed you are to keeping it alive. And Sagittars obviously have this sustained D3 Laz cannon, so you're like, you never know what could happen here. Like, any Sagittar can go off. And you're just kind of testing the resolve and kind of probing, trying to get them to use defensive strats um, in, in the wrong places or in places they don't really want to. Um, and that gives you more ins for the rest of the shooting phase as well. Just, just to add to that as well, I think a lot of people, if you say, "Oh well, I've got the ner- like I've got a loan op strap," and I can say, "I can loan up this unit if you shoot it," and uh, then opponents go, "Okay, I'll just shoot that instead." What they should say is, "I'm going to shoot your unit and make me loan up it." Make yeah, me spend exactly, exactly. Use it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Force it. So, like what you're saying, Tom, you're making them make a choice which of these units you yeah. want to live. But also, if there's only one option, just target them. Don't oh, forget. Yeah. Just Don't make sure you make, get them to use the CP. Yeah, completely. We send like, games where people just didn't do it. They just shot something else. And I'm like, cheers for the CP. <laughs> just in terms of the um, that strat that you're talking about, the lone up one, great for, for Nids. It's the Vanguard detachment, isn't it? Mm. Uh, I played against Nids. So t- turn one, my shooting phase, I was like, cool, I'm going to declare all of my units shooting into this with Dreadhounds. The way Dreadhounds works is you have to declare at the start of the shooting phase and you have to put all of your shots into that unit. You can't put them elsewhere, but you get sustained hits from it. And then I was like, hold on a second. If I do that, you just make it a loan up and then none of my models get to shoot. Mm. I won't do that. And then I just <laughs> okay. got to, you know, shoot at his models um, slightly less efficiently, but he didn't deny my entire thing. So you've got to be careful not to get caught out by something like that loan up strap. Yeah. My favorite one is when they Oath of Moment that unit. <laughs> yes. That's a good time. Because you've got to declare time. it so early. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Another example that I think is extremely relevant in our current meta as far as sequencing goes is the the wonderful world of transports right is there a sequencing that you can cook up in a shooting phase where you're going to be able to open a transport from one angle and then leave them in a position where they can't avoid whatever falls out being shot by something else and that obviously again is partly about movement it's partly about setup but it also involves you using the right guns at the right time to make sure you get the job done to open a transport and also threaten its inside otherwise you just get russian doled and jumped on by something um, so that's that's where it's the order in which things happen has a big impact on on things like your opponent's ability to kind of counter you and, and score and other things as well. So again, there's not a right way of doing this, but there definitely are wrong ways of doing it. And that's kind of how you learn, right, by walking into things the first few times. Great. Okay. Um, we've started alluding to this, but just to, just to finalize and, and push through with it, it's counterplay. 
So I guess intent, it's probably useful. What, what are the main forms that counterplay takes in the shooting phase? What kinds of things are out there that we need to be aware of? We've n- name-checked a whole bunch of them. But Do you want to talk speaking, about Wraith Guard, Chris? Yeah, so on, Wraith, Chris. Oh, yeah. So Wraith Guard have got this ability where if you shoot them, they can then shoot anything they like within 18-inch range. Um, and to be fair, I mean, I think I've only ever used the ability once. Because either the race guard are hidden or people go, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to do this. I mean, the one time someone did it when they fight, they rolled up a land raider right next to my race guard to charge and tank shot them. And then <laughs> shot in, and I was like, you know, I can now shoot my all my race guard into a land raider, right? And he was like, oh, no. It's like, would you like to undo that? Yes, please. So, you know, like it's an ability which is obviously incredibly powerful, so you just have to be aware of it. So, yeah, obviously, Wraith and there's Guard a few data. shoot backs out there, but there are that's it, isn't it? There's yeah, yeah. um, Votan, I've got a strap, right, everyone's maybe. favorite fucking marine detachment. I never, I never use the Votan one, but I always tell people I have it because it's fun yeah. watching them play different. Um, but it is that's that's a very important thing, and obviously, the thing with that is that if there is something out there that you're worried about shooting you back, you want to do two things right you either want to kill it in one go because then there's less of an issue or you want to leave dealing with that thing till later because that means it's not going to shoot anything of yours that you want to shoot and kill it uh, so that's one kind of counterplay what else have we got out there well so you say that uh wraith guard have only got an 18 inch range this is fine i'll just you know i'll move my my no, hellbusters up do uh don't, 20 don't, inches away don't want to live through this again that's that's perfect right that's lovely however yeah um at the end of your movement phase i could choose the phantasm okay what Um, does that do it means i get to move Hmm. six inches in your movement phase with any right so now suddenly i'm thinking ah i'm suddenly within range so you're so, saying if I've got 24-inch range guns, there's no way for me to safely shoot Wraithguard? Can't. Um, it would seem unlikely, Edward. Yeah. You'd be a That's... mug to play an army that only had 24-inch range guns. Yeah, joke's on you. I'll charge you with my brickens and just tie you up forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, no, we'll, we'll come on to that later on. Um, I, Hellblasters, there's another one. Um, yep, when they die, they yep. shoot. It's not even a strat. Don't even care if you've got any CP. I'm just going to roll a load of four up, so I'm going to go blap um, and yep, have yep. a great time. Absolutely. Um, and I think Phantasm is obviously quite an egregious example, but other kinds of movement and some of those yeah, do can. activate, you know, anything that can move when it's going to be shot or targeted, can it jump back in a transport? If you shoot this transport, is an aggressor going to jump out and shoot you back? All these kinds of little things, the minutiae. Yeah. You, what you don't want the shooting phase to be is a turn in which you start losing stuff if you can avoid it, right? That is that is that is a pretty bad state of play, and there are certainly tools and tricks out there that your opponent can use that will create that situation. Yeah, mistake I made at teams. Um, Imperial Guard, I can't remember. It's either the normal Lehman Russ or the um, yes, tank commander. There's a shoot-on-death one, right? There's a shoot-on-death just on yeah. the data sheet, yeah. uh, I believe it is. And you know what you should do? You should kill the one that doesn't shoot on death. You know what I did? I killed the one that shoots on death. <laughs> and it made a game that was like 100, and, 100 to 35 into 160. And I really needed mm. to uh, not do that, basically. Yeah, absolutely yeah. don't do that. Yeah, I, I uh, my hearth guard killed that at the weekend, and it shot them, and it did nothing. 
I love Hulk. Always a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. Existence says Tank Commander. Uh, quick shout out yeah. to Existence, who is uh, yeah, currying favour with me, saying nice things in chat. I notice you. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, thank you, Existence. And we have yeah. we have indeed covered the movement that some units can get in the shooting phase, as you as you requested. So thanks for that. Tom Green also says, oil haircut. Yes, I do have a haircut. It's quite nice. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate your coverage. Um, and John Scrivo is here, and he says, fitties. David, you coming in. Oh, Auto explode stratagems as well. Yes, mm. exactly. Exactly. That's a, a new vibe. Yeah, I have had elf armies surrounding knights that have also exploded so many times in my life that I can't even begin to, to start. It just is so damaging. And so anything that auto explodes, you need to know about that. You need to be ready for that. Uh, if you want to find out about armies that can auto explode, such as the very present in the meta Ironstorm Detachment, check out Cracking the Codex episode, I believe it's <laughs> number three, maybe episode four. Uh, we do cover that there. Exactly that. And if you if you ever are lucky enough to play Crusher Stampede, (laughs) (laughs) I am I'm praying I'm praying guys I'm praying. Here he comes. You can play big bugs. You just have to not do it in Crusher Stampede. Um, Yeah. Just take fifty points off him and watch the. Can't take no, but you can't take Screamer Killers because they're one hundred and seventy points. Oh yeah, no, they're bad. They're really bad. Cool model. It's a very Kareen, cool model. Kareen says, Jack, the thing about Kareen is it's quite hard to plan for. That's why it's so beautiful. Yeah. It's the dream <laughs> when it comes up. don't know when it's going to happen. Just if you ever time. bump into Jack Tite at an event, <laughs> ask him about the time he uh, had a great time into, uh, I think it was Brian Steep's <laughs> yeah, Brian, And the yeah, Kareen lost him an unlosable game. Amazing. It was uh, beautiful. Yeah. Madness, absolute madness. And I, I think general counterplays would just be, and this the the significance of this varies massively depending on what you play but armor contempt anything that reduces your ap that massively hurts some armies so you need mm. to know where it can be applied and be ready to deal with that modifiers to hit modifiers to wound anything like that again you have to know where it can be sprung you have to know the armies that have it and you have to have the extra support to deal with that in the event that it occurs so orcs are a great example orcs have a minus one to win strat that can completely throw you off if you try and take things on piecemeal and suddenly you've got like six squig hogs coming down a flank that you're not able to deal with so you absolutely and talos the dracari similar things so you have changeling to to, changeling can turn off shooting entirely turn off shooting lose a whole i rolled i took the changeling for the first time in 10th edition this weekend i only used his ability to turn off shooting once i rolled a six as far as I'm concerned, most broken unit in the game. Because uh, yeah. it's, it's if you roll a one, nothing happens. On a two through five, they're minus one to hit. On a six, they just don't shoot. And I'm like, this shit is insane if you could roll sixes. Yeah. Jack Chapman lost an entire crisis brick activation to that thing. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. That's how bad that can get. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of little traps and minefields in, in the shooting phase right now. So know what they are, know where they are and be ready to deal with them. We have one more, and then we are out of a topic. And this final one is redundancies. Not just because it's winter in 2023. <laughs> because we're talking about the shooting phase. What sorts of what do we mean by redundancy? What's useful about that? Have multiple of the uh, the same weapon in your list. Like, you should be able to bring, like, Chaos Knights are a great example for it. I have in my list seven melters. Do I want to kill vehicles? I will put multiple melters into it. Do I want to kill hordes? I will put multiple chain cannons into it. If, you know, they manage to kill three of my high-value shooting units, do I still have ways to deal with tanks? Yes. 
there is a little bit of overlap in the melee phase as well. Like, for example, if you have good shooting and good melee that can deal with the same threats, good. even better. But if we're talking specifically shooting, bring it doesn't have to be the same gun, but bring units that can fulfill the same purpose. Good. Yeah, because that's actually that that shooting melee combo is quite interesting because actually sometimes as much as a goal we should have talked about, sometimes your goal is to soften something up, right? You mm. don't want it dead because you want to charge your big brick of heroes onto it to get on a point that you want to be on. So if you do kill it, you ain't getting there. You're just stood hanging about waiting. So knowing what will underkill to an adequate amount is also I love when my opponent like super spikes and kills yeah. the unit that they think is impossible to kill with a one activation and yeah. then they don't make the charge and take yeah. my primary away I'm like oh, exactly and that's beautiful. that's where it has to, yeah it has to serve that wider purpose what do you reckon David what do you know of redundancy in 40k well i think like yeah i mean it's it's fairly self explanatory isn't it it's you want to ensure that you're well no so, no no but it's a job I'm literally buying for time while I think of something clever to say. Um, <laughs> but I think playing against um, Liam was very interesting at okay. the at the weekend because Liam Liam Caliber uh, custodius player very good. Um, just the way he positioned his tanks, he had redundancy in terms of as the turn progresses, then he can decide to shoot other things instead. Exactly that. And um, and you know, okay, maybe this thing can't see this now, but now it can kill that, and it just kind of. You know, it makes you look like everything's going to plan regardless of what's happening because Precisely. you're just getting through what you need to get through. And that's the secret of 40K is that you're sort of making things up, but in a logical way. <laughs> and then it all comes together and it looks like a plan and it's great. Or actually have a plan. Um, nope, that's I, not I find how that I play. More I refuse to play that way. I make things up and it seems to go okay. Uh, but yeah, exactly right. Having things that are lined up. So if something dies, great, shoot something else. If it doesn't die, great, get some help, finish it off. Overlapping fields of fire. Is that a strat? That feels like a strat name. That's uh, ninth edition uh, Imperial card. Oh, very well. Or maybe done. eighth edition. It was plus yeah. one to uh, wound, I believe. Yeah. Cadian locked, perhaps. Very nice. But yeah, so that's that's a very big part of it. And in a in a broader sense, also having as you as you said, multiple versions of a gun, so that you have more than one have you got one magna rail you're gonna have a sad time right it's just not gonna do anything if you had two or three suddenly it starts looking like something that might actually be consistent yeah and that comes down to the the list writing philosophy and yeah. i know chris and i disagree on this massively um, mm. because he likes to have a little bit of everything and i'm not saying he's wrong um i mean he's been playing especially eldar with this style and it's doing very well with it mm. but every time i write a list i'm like cool i'm having three fire prisms why because if one dies i still want two, yeah. and if two die i still want to make you feel bad when you know i blow up something across the table i've always but, liked pairs i think two, at least two if you think something's good at least i think you have to run three of something if it's valuable is is my personal philosophy and yeah, you know totally I, because things will die early on and if you're planning on having two or something you find that having one doesn't give you that redundancy, uh, especially with something like a fire prison where you can really get oh, I mean, their value just force multiplier. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, someone mentioned custodies, uh, Davy mentioned custodies, and it reminded me of what I was doing in ninth edition with those grav tanks. Um, this is slightly cheating into next week, but charge with your goddamn <laughs> shooting tanks, like. You know where my brigands ended up all weekend in combat? You know why? Because I can shoot out of combat. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're not going to kill me in combat, I'm kicking you with my feet. 
Um, and you're going to be real sad about it when you don't get a full back in charge because that's just not a rule that many armies have in the game. Yeah, and they tend to also have pretty decent OC. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. They do. And, if and uh, one of the favourite things skin. about my Trigons and Exocrines is they will have one more OC than a Sagittar. Nice. I don't like that. <laughs> I, dis I dislike that. What if I were to have two Sagittarius? Well, what if you had two Exocrines? Oh, no. What if I had six Sagittarius? Is that <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I've got well, a picture from one of my events. What that is? Because <laughs> obviously Trigons come within three inches, and I've got a picture of uh, a Votan player I played two weeks ago uh, with each, like, if you think of this, the, the objective, I know, like exactly. a triangle well, of yeah. Sagittarius. Say, you do not go on this objective yeah. with this Trigon. <laughs> Try got scary. Yeah, yeah. could have achieved the same thing by putting one Sagittar on the middle, but uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is true. Who am I to say? You've got to put them to a use, right? That's just no, oh, that's goes. fair. Cool. I think we've covered everything. I mean, does anyone have any parting shots uh, before hey. we finish up this topic? Oh. Anything you'd like to reiterate, David? Go sequencing. Go. Yeah. Last weapons first. Hey, look at that. There we go. Exactly, exactly. Because Pointing out the, the obvious keyword... every day. That's this guy. Yeah, but that's that's absolutely right. Yeah. That is absolutely right. But the amount of times I've not done it. I forget <laughs> it all the time. Yeah. Because I'm... Cause, and that's an interesting point, actually, because quite often I'll be like, all right, I need to shoot these guns because of this amount of damage into these wound profiles. And that's my first thought, is getting the efficiency in terms of the damage amounts not and then i think about blast secondary and then i'm like oh man now there's like four left oh, well. and so it's just having that overall picture isn't it of yeah. what's better in terms of blast and damage and working out yeah so if you want to get consistent with your fundamentals there is a great program you can sign up to uh it turns out it's not fucking us because uh we're all really <laughs> inconsistent <laughs> i'm i'm quite good at remembering the blast keyword because everything, I, also I, everything I run well. has it um, but yeah, that's that's definitely a case. Um, I guess with, it's also like um, Hunter Killers, something like that. They're a sequencing thing where it's like, is this? Do I need to use this this turn? How 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 serious? If are my guns getting this done? Okay, we've got a problem. We're not quite taking enough wounds off. Then I can use Hunter Killers. Make sure I get it finished. Up. I just want to say as well, like if you're playing tanks with Hunter Killers fucking declare properly i, I was swear to God. Thinking the same if, I, if i hear someone say i'm going to shoot everything and then uh the model dies and they don't pull the hunter killer that they've magnetized off if, if that happens one more time to me i'm going to be mildly yeah. peeved so just don't <laughs> cheat guys don't cheat would be the takeaway there absolutely yeah. be more clear when, with I, I, when I played matt wright who was playing guard his beautiful guard army and he had little red blast thingies on each tank and that's the hunter killer and then it comes off when the hunter killer's gone perfect beautiful absolutely lovely um, wonderful, cool. That's shooting. It is certainly one of the phases of 40k, um, and we will be on to. I mean, are we ch charging? I don't really want to talk about charging in from the tenth edition, but I guess thanks, Shark. Thanks, Next shock. episode, we'll do just charging and fight phase. I guess in a, in a yeah, way. that'd be the next one. I think one. That, that feels good, and I'm, I'll have to learn how that phase actually works by then. My uh, my world eaters opponent, whose name I've forgotten, I think it was Aaron. If it isn't Aaron, apologies. Really sorry about that. He he was great to watch charging. He was very meticulous in his movement mm. and his charge phase, which I love. Uh, don't want to see any of those uh, streamed world eaters games where people are moving an extra three inches every time they pick up the models. Not naming any names. Absolutely. But, but uh, yeah, he he was an absolute treat to play because he was so meticulous with his movement, which I have to be as well playing vehicles. Um, but 
just hit you know the sequencing of which models he was picking up so he could go cool i'm gonna put this here i'm gonna put this here yeah. oh look i can't now move here and i'm going to string out onto the objective because i can do that it's just um, there's quite a lot in the charge phase isn't there really <laughs> Actually, yeah, it's just worse than it was. There's a lot going on, and that's yeah. why... I mean, I'm fortunate because I have two World Eaters mains um, here who know the fight phase inside out. Oh, so well. Um, Chris charges with units that aren't just one orange dude all the time. Um... <laughs> Another one, right? Rapid ingress, followed by heroic interventions. Oh. Right. Is that allowed? Yeah. Yes, again. Outrageous. I mean, you're never going to have three CP at the start I of the turn. But... What if your unit allowed. automatically does it for heroics Maybe for free? It is. Oh, uh, none of mine do. But I'm I'm glad you said those words because now I get to say rapid ingress in a shooting phase. Oh, yeah. uh, oh there we go. Here's we here, just a just a wrap up before we go on to keep in mind where your opponent's going to rapid ingress when you're planning out your shooting phase before you you yes. go into your shooting phase. Yes. Uh, I won't go any further on that because I can see no, Tom about good. to No, no, cry. but you're, you are complete, <laughs> you are completely right. It is. Yeah. You want to force them to not have a good place to come down or to risk yeah. tanking some shooting. Absolutely. Because um, then rapid ingress becomes a lot less, less useful. One unit we didn't talk about, um, but shooting that debuffs is also relevant. Don't forget that. Don't forget your, don't forget your night spinner. Don't forget to make things battle shock. Don't forget to do different things. That I really try to forget the night spinner. I know, but that, that's another thing that shooting phase is about, is laying debuffs on the opponent too. So. I can't wait for that model to go to 240 I points. know, I know. Anyway, that's that. Artillery is a big deal in 40k. It's much easier to do shooting if you have artillery too. Don't forget that. Um, yeah. Now we're going to do some questions. We're going to move to some questions. I think we got a couple in the chat, so if someone wants to fish through those, I will go to the Discord and try and make sense of them. Mm. Question for the end. Wish list and most likely things for the next slate. That's a whole episode in itself. It's a good question though. Yeah, we don't wanna we don't wanna blend content. One thing but... one thing that each of you would like, go, Davey. Oh god, screamer killer to come down. No, yeah, that yeah, that's no, fine. That's great. That. Cheap screamer Valid. killers. Lovely. 110 points. Let's go. Chris. Um Fugan to go up slightly, but not too much. <laughs> Reasonable. Uh Ed. Uh indirect to die. And also for the balance <laughs> data slate to come out as soon as possible so I can decide what I want to play for next season. Yeah. Cool. Man, so uh, true. I started gluing together my non-emissary and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> this could be a million points in eight weeks' time. So I'm going to hold yeah, off. You've until... no idea. Yeah, but you, you don't know what's going it on. won't be. It shouldn't be. Yeah, it how, how many GTs is that one? None. I put it I put it on the table once. Sorry, oh. the virtual table. Uh, I put three of them on the table. I was like, this is going to be so fucking sick. I've got so much OC. Oh, no, they're not good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're not good. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, which one might come down in points, maybe? Who knows? I, I think they're all right. It's just they don't necessarily play to the way that Nits want to play. For sure. They have one a GT, by the way. Have they? There you go. Lovely. If you want to see more of that, do check out Bug Watch with Davey. <laughs> he goes through all of the uh, top events that you'll see Tyranids doing well at. Absolutely. Occasionally. And, uh, yeah. For for Only like, when it's worth doing. Don't gut Votan, but do adjust them a bit and then make Drakari great again. Let's do it. Make a huge mistake, GW. That's what we want. Um, and then, questions wise, we have. I'll do another one. Um, this is Lou. With the switch to power level and more big, chunky units going towards the middle of the board, do you guys feel. Like the game has become more like chess. 
trading piece for piece in shooting. Mm. I have been cheating with uh, a fucking vibrating book, so <laughs> yeah, it's pretty similar to chess. Uh, I don't know if anyone here knows that. Oh, remember the book oh, oh, no. idea. Okay, great. That's going to make no sense to anyone. Any of you viewers out there who know about the uh, vibrating well, I, vibrate I know about it. Plug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one's for you. Uh, not true, by the way. Just like it's quite pure a conjecture. Yeah. It's no, it was, it's true. Yeah. yeah. The, go, Google the news story. I, we, if are you not, we are not well qualified. Google chess anal butt plug and uh, oh, see what happens. And, and live your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what do we think to the suggestion that 40k has become more like chess? Well, very pleasurable. So, um, <laughs> I guess we were saying the other day, weren't we? It seems to be moving more towards that MSUE style, which is very much a trade piece kind yep. of war. Um, delivery I think it depends like... a lot on your army, to be fair. But in that situation, um, I know, like, for me, it's very much the adults about trying to trade the little pieces um, efficiently. Obviously, when yeah. you've got big bricks, it's like, Hoping this big sledgehammer can just go through, and that isn't quite um, like chess. Um, but yeah, lots of little pieces of reasonably equal value. Yeah, definitely depends on the matchup, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it de- it definitely has that flavour to it, but I think it always still also has the forty k still always has the overload option, and there are always some things out there that play by here is everything. What's going to happen now? Uh, it does depend a bit match to match, but I definitely think there is a lot of give and go MSU type play. Um, if you look at Brian Sipes, orc list for Leicester, that's like CSM but orcs. It's got like mega knobs and knobs in little five mans in vehicles, and everyone's doing this little. I send my little squad, you send yours. I send my next one. I keep going. I keep swapping you off the point. So there's a lot of it out there for sure. Um, we have a question. Just makes has asked, did I get my haircut and tidy my room just for my date slash interview with Vic? Yes, I absolutely did. <laughs> but I, you'll notice I hadn't shaved for that. Only for these gentlemen. They get the clean shave. Yeah. Um, then Sindri says, if you were all a squad of guardsmen in the 6++ first regiment, Chris is, of course, the sergeant. But who is the comms officer? Who's got the med kit? And who has the plasma gun? Didn't North someone has the medic- don't trust Tom with the med kit? I said that. You said that, yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't be anywhere near a med kit. But the problem is I also shouldn't be anywhere near a plasma gun or a comms. comms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've got, liability, we've, really, got a, we've, we've got a bit of a problem there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, Davey on comms makes sense, right? I think Davey's quite... Cracking jokes as yeah, the cracking, invasion <laughs> drops from the sky. I'm just going to, for the, for the med kit, I'm just going to read out one of the other comments which was said from Titchy, who says, I think Ed would have the med kit. He has the kind of no-nonsense attitude needed to amputate a leg in the field. Well, <laughs> if you wanted to keep your leg, you shouldn't have fucking got it damaged, should you? Yeah. <laughs> <Damaged>. <laughs> That'll come, sir. I've got the, uh, yeah. the, the very rigid black and white view on morality that I think would suit that. Yeah, um, which I think, I mean, it means I think I will take the plasma gun as the leftover and just hope that I don't overheat it. Don't roll the one. Yeah. Just not, don't run away. That's fine. I like those odds. That'd be okay. Um, so then we had, oh, Will Level asked, when are you releasing 6++ objective markers? Chris, anything to say on that? We have actually, um, so we obviously, we've had our current ones for like a year. There were a couple of issues with them. Number one, too thick. Number two, cut by hand, which is obviously not ideal. Um, so we are looking to get some new ones. Scrivo is 
instead of watching this stream, you should be designing a objective mar uh, marker as we speak. So get get on that minion. Um, he, he is just the workhorse at the he moment. He really is. Scribble is a machine. He's uh, everything going well at the moment. He loves Scribble. Yeah, he's um, actually he's the man behind the throne. He's the only reason we're succeeding. Right yeah, now. he's the Malkadol, Malkadol. Um But yes, yeah, we are. The plan is um, to start up, like bringing out more merch. Um, oh, get over yourself, Scribble. Um, <laughs> and uh, don't get cocky, kid. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we we do hope to have some uh, some new um, ones. We found a supplier um, which we would like to use. So um, yeah. Watch this space. More on that for your multiple developed. three twos in the future. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, maybe we should get some objective markers that have three two on them. That might be quite. Going <laughs> three two feels so much better on a six plus plus objective marker. Yeah, you have it. You just imagine it. You're just across from the opponent, and you just put objective markers that just say, "I am going to go three two on." <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be great. Just um, on the two-two game, you're both two-two as well, and you're like, yeah. I'm confident. I would, um, yeah, I would definitely like to get some good ones. So, uh, yeah, oh, definitely will be going to make a Votan main T-shirt. I'm definitely here for that. You need to make that quickly before I get the yeah. Horn, it's the not going to be something else. Longer, <laughs> or like one more tournament. Uh, I think I'll play some more in the new year. I am really enjoying them. Um, I think I'll just start interspersing it with other stuff. I do need something. It, like They're not very cerebral, Votan. They are very fun. They're not very cerebral. It's been fun learning to play something that's just, here is my Chewy army. Um, Deal with it. We've got some questions from Sindri. I like these questions. The first one is, the best gun is the grenade strat. Fight me. Anyone got any comments to add to that? Not a question. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong chat. However, uh, however, yeah. You know what I fucking love, you know I fucking love about the grenade strat? Then nobody fucking remembers to use it against my full vehicle army. Get fucked, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I had one person remember to use the grenade strap. Oh um, my word. The entire weekend. It was, uh, I was very pleased about it. Uh, not that I, you know, it just, I don't think about my opponent having to use it because it's not that, something I have. That is a shooting phase thing. If you've got yeah. something that's within eight to use grenade, don't accidentally kill the thing that's within eight, so then you can't use it. Just, just get the grenade yeah. done, because you run out I, of CP and you'll forget about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not um, the one who was talking about it in the group chat, so I'm not going to claim uh, knowledge on it the most, but there was a lot of chatter, I think, especially from you, Tom, in our group chat about assault marines, or the assault intercessors, yes. I should say. Yes. Um, they're a great shooting unit, because mm. you'll rock them up 12 inches, you'll throw the grenade, and then you'll charge and do some more mortal wounds. And, you know, before you even get to combat, you've done, on average, like, what, six mortal wounds or yeah. something. For their points, they are really yeah. nice for that. Um, is, and you've got you've got a unit that can basically, you, you can have three units that can basically half kill the Incarn as required. That's not, that's not Ooh, bad, is it? That's, that's not bad at all. Um, so, it's, yeah, definitely. And uh, Jack says, Death Guard quadruple grenade turn. Yes, indeed. The Biologist Putrefire. Actually, one of my favorite models I've ever painted is genuinely really good right now. Run three, go nuts. That uh, that would be really scary if they had the movement to get in range of you. Stop it. Stop it, because they, they're going to get more I'll points stop. cuts. They're going to be best in the world in a couple they're, of months' time. They're going to get another 10 to... They're going to get ten to fifteen point uh, percent point cut, and people are going to go, "Oh, these still aren't good." Um, <laughs> hey man, like Leah VSL runs them at worlds. Like, oh they're... no, one of the best players in the world can take an underperforming army and do well with it. The faction <laughs> must be good. Fuck off. 
How dare you come no, into my house and try fair. and gaslight me? Completely fair. Davey's had to go because it's late and he has responsibilities. So thank you for being on, Davey. Uh, the next Sindri question, I love this one. I feel like this is written for me. Nerf, buff, kill. Custodes, Jakari, Imperial Knights. Before you say anything, I'm not I gonna, think I'm we have the same answer. We all know no, no, what no. I'd say. I, I think we have the same answer. So I think Chris should go first. Okay. Right, nerf, buff, kill what? Custodes, Imperial Knights. Jakari Knight. and Imperial Knights. Okay, well, I hate Imperial Knights, so kill them. Yep. Um, nerf Custodes to piss off Lee Jones. Yeah. Um, and then buff Jakari just to cause absolute havoc. We're, yes. we're all in agreement. That's this exactly is what needs to happen. And so, that, that is the data slate. That is going to be the data slate. We're going to yeah. put Custodes and Knights struggling factions in the ground <laughs> and then lift Jakari to the dizzying heights of best faction in the game. Let's do I it. think it just makes sense, though. Imperial, Imperial Knights... <laughs> Yes, it sucks for the people who really like the lore of them. You can just play Chaos Knights instead. Like, there is yes. another faction there. So <laughs> we can kill them and not feel too guilty about it. This yep. is okay. Um, Custodes, one of the whingiest groups in existence, deserve a nerf. Uh, <laughs> still pretty decent. Uh, fucking at me in the comments. You're wrong. Um, I, mean, I will probably start playing weekend, in. So, in good hands. Yeah, yeah still I'll... great. Potentially, that's one of the armies I'm looking at playing in the new year, just to prove everyone that they're idiots. Uh, and then Buff Jakari, because they've been playing a really dull, boring playstyle for all of 10th edition. Jakari so. have been in the bin for a little while now, so let's give him, let's give him a little run. Let's give him a little tilt at the top. Plus, it gives the Elves players somewhere to go. Um, very, very good. <laughs> oh, God. Good. Fucking Yanari is just going to be disgusting, accidentally. <laughs> this, is oh, the, no. this, anyway. this is the side effect. Yeah, this is the side effect problem, but we'll just deal yeah. with that when we get to it. Tachi yeah. also asks, uh, ignoring balance, what is your favourite army and build style to play as and against? Against, Orcs are always it's a winner. always Orcs, isn't it? Orcs be just rock. Because you, you can... Uh, yeah, that's because Stressful. they flood the board and you don't have anywhere yeah. to go with your tricksy tricks. Yeah, but exactly. if, you play, if, you play, if you play good, honest 40k, you like <laughs> killing your opponent's models and interacting no, with I them. I don't board. like killing people. Uh, I don't, didn't say killing people. I'd never <laughs> admit to that models. on camera. <laughs> I don't like killing the models. Yes, wanna, if, wanna if you that. like killing opponent's models and then you know winning or losing the game, Orcs, it's Orcs for you. Yeah, orcs are awesome, and I to play. I like stuff that goes and gets everywhere and dies. That's what I enjoy. Yeah. I don't. My, I don't really like hiding. I like to go and have a massive Barney and everyone die. My favorite army in the game is coming back, and that is Eighth Edition Necrons. And by that I mean Tesla Necrons. And by that yeah. I mean Tesla Necrons exploding on fives, double sixes, full rerolls to wound, doing oh. devastating wounds, and I am so ready. That's horrifying, but yeah. yeah. How about you, Chris? What's your favourite build to play? Um, I think, I don't know, it's hard. Like, I've, world played, I've played um, so much Elder... What do you say? World Eaters. My new girlfriend is the hottest. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, like, there's three key plays. When I played the Admech, I didn't particularly enjoy it. Yeah, you were blowing everyone away off the board, but actually wasn't a particularly far. I really enjoyed the flying gun line Necrons, yep. which was kind of about killing one thing whilst tagging something else and a lot of manoeuvring. Um, I did enjoy Yanari at the end of ninth, which was quite an aggressive army, like bomb rushing. I'm so used to just playing armies which don't interact or try and avoid interacting and just mm. win. And uh, one of my most satisfying games ever was when I played Harlequins into Sisters and I killed 
three models the entire game and i knew i'd won turn <laughs> one though just from move blocking and that sort of thing i get a lot i used to play a lot of chess as a child um as a teenager and i get uh, a lot now. of satisfaction out of that yeah yeah, he does that. He's, that's that's why World It Is is a really interesting experiment for him because he. I, I want to change my answer. It's Tau. It's ninth edition Tau when I can play <laughs> within nine inches of you. My God, I love that so much. I didn't even have like a massive win rate. I think I was averaging like sixty something percent um, at events, which is like a lot of three twos, the occasional four one. But like, God, it was so fun. <laughs> Scott Lyon says, "Wow, I'm making the live show somehow." Star aligned, Scott. Excellent. I I have terrible news. <laughs> <laughs> right, we, we, as as you in the chat will all know, we agreed we'd keep going till Scott got here. He's here now. So it's, <laughs> it's time. It's time to call it a night. It's been wonderful having you all here. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have covered the shooting phase. Uh, we have covered a bunch of listener questions. We really appreciate how many of you there are tuning in. Thank you so much for your support. Um, and thank you to everyone that came and said hey at half shit GT and said nice things about the content. That meant a lot. So we'll be back again very soon to talk more phases. And if you did arrive at the show very late and you need to watch it uh, don't worry it's just on youtube now so i suggest you do that wonderful see you again next time bye-bye bye